This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. The fear of public speaking. Who has been afraid to speak in front of a large group of people before? I have. I still get nervous when I talk to people in large groups, but I also get excited. And I'm talking today in the first of a three-part interview with Leela Grace, who shares about his fear of public speaking, gets very vulnerable about it. And he talks about how over time, he was able to see and recognize that God was calling him to speak publicly, even through his fear. I'm excited to share this with you. Here it is, my conversation with my great friend, Leela Grace. I am really, really excited to have Mr. Lee LaGraze in the room, in the house. In the house. <laughs> in the house. Welcome to the Courage Cast, Lee. Thank, thank you, Eric. Thank you. Now, uh, Lee, you and I are good friends, okay? We know a lot about one another. Yes. And I would say um, we're great friends, Eric. I would, I would yeah, say great. Great. Okay. Yes. Well, I didn't want to suppose. Yeah. Uh, but we are, we are great friends. Uh, our wives love one another as well. Uh, our families uh, spend time together. We live in the same neighborhood together. And uh, I also not only admire you as a friend, but I admire you in business. Hmm. Appreciate you saying that. I think you're, you're, uh, you you do good work. You carry yourself well. You, you're you're about, and and most of all, I would say that one of the things I love about you is that you really want to be surrendered to Jesus, and have a a walk, a meaningful walk yeah. with God yeah. here on earth. Yeah. Tell us about a little bit about your background, professionally, personally, and then we're going to talk about some fear, uh, some fears in your life that you were faced with. Sure. And I think that we all face. Yeah. So I, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, well, thank you, Eric. Uh, just a little bit of a back background. I was born and raised in South Louisiana. Um, huge LSU fan. Um, lived there. Went to college at, at ULL or USL then. And uh, moved away around 20 years ago. I've been in Nashville now for around 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, parents are still there. Um, but I love, I love Nashville and, uh, you know, Lori, Lori and I, my two boys call it our home. So, mm-hmm. um, but around 18 year, year, years ago, I got my current job where I work at a fidelity title group mm-hmm. and, um, started up, started out as a sales rep, um, and then moved my way up to management and just do a lot of leadership and sales at this point. So, I would I would imagine that uh, in your role as leader now you get to do a lot of public speaking. Yes, I do. Yeah. So tell me about um, kind of when you first uh, started to get opportunities to have human interaction, sure. public speaking. Yeah. Um, when did that first start? I started to, to public speak during that time more in small groups you know, either one-on-one or maybe three or four in a group. And uh, over time, started to get bigger opportunities and um, started to speak in, you know, in large audiences, um, 100, 200. And and now there's times to where 
I, I speak in uh, very large audiences, um, and it could be with, with my peers as far as management con- is concerned. It could be with my clients. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I do often. You and I, I mean, I know your background, yeah, so sure. you know where I'm getting Absolutely. going here. Yeah. I want I want to get to the heart of yeah what that how that impacted you. I mean, you're doing that, yeah, and you know it. It sounds like it shouldn't be a problem, right? It shouldn't be an issue. Right. <laughs> but 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 there's a different story there. So yeah. tell me a little bit about what you what's going on behind the scenes. Sure. What's going on inside of you as you get more and more opportunities to yeah. speak. Well, a lot of um, I guess a, a lot of uh, pe- people that I come in contact with wouldn't know my background or my insecurities, um, especially that started at a young age. Um, so starting, I think around middle school, um, I noticed that I stuttered, mm-hmm. you know, it was something that I, that I, that I noticed at an early age in high school, like, like a lot of the, you know, you know, just like a lot of people, people out there, um, felt like all eyes are just staring at you, right. And you just feel very insecure. You feel like you're the center of attention. So it was really during that time that I did anything and everything I could do to avoid having to get up in front of the class and speak. Did people make fun of you? Um, no, I was never made fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was mainly because. Well, so so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna tell you a little story if that's okay. Yeah, you know, just to give you an example. So I was in tenth grade, and um, we were asked to say the preamble in the class the, the next day. Mm-hmm. And of course, when I found that out, of course, I had the fear of God. Right, I thought I was gonna die, and. Um, I started thinking, what is a way that I can get out of this? Like, I just knew that I just could not do it because I would be found out. Hmm. Um, and if you stutter, um, you know, you would know that um, a, a big part, a big way that you sometimes live is try to hide it mm-hmm. because you're either embarrassed or ashamed, especially at a young age. So um, I remember going up in front of the class after that class and um, – and I asked the teacher, I asked her, I said, look, um, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> um, don't think I'll be at school uh, uh, you know, the next day. Can I say it in front of you now? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that she knew, and she offered me a tremendous amount of grace and said, sure. So I was able to say it in front of her. One, one other story is, um, I think it was uh, 11th grade, I was basically asked to do the same thing, but on a different, on a different matter. And I completely just skipped school, hmm. so I risked um, having to go to class, having to I risked getting caught, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's how much my fear was during that time. I think everybody can relate to your story. Yeah, whatever the issue, whatever anyone's afraid of, mm-hmm. that is such a natural, instinctive thing is to want to hide is to fear being found out. Yeah. You put that really well because it could be anything. And, and many people have a fear of public speaking, let alone a fear that they're going to be found out that they stutter a little sure. bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, because, because it's, um, cause I don't really notice it yeah. in you uh, at all. Um, and, and even when you're talking, that's just part of, who sure. you are it yeah, makes sure. you unique so for me it's very interesting that to hear all that went on as you were a kid yeah you know um 
so go on from there. So take that journey a little bit further. Yeah, and, and just to just to reemphasize, I guess, or add on to what I said, it really sort of changed who I was. I mean, as you know me, Eric, um, I'm an extreme extrovert. I, lo- I love a party. And really during that time, except in front of my close friends, I was really seen as an introvert at school. Hmm. I didn't speak all that much. Um, around my friends, I did. Um, so it really kind of changed who I was. It wasn't until I was 19 years old. And um, it's a whole different story, but that's really when I gave my life to Christ. I, I felt a tremendous void or emptiness in my heart and really just asked God, God, one day, hey, if you are real and you um, and you have revealed yourself to me, um, I will follow you. Mm. And over about four or five months, time after time, he proved to me that he was real. So really my first step of overcoming that was as soon as I gave my life to Christ, I started getting back in church, right? Mm-hmm. I thought, well, I think the next step was to you know to get back in church. Yep. Well, I had grown up with a lot of friends, or, or not really friends, but acquaintance friends that I went to church that didn't know me very well. And so when I started getting back into church, those same friends were like, what are you doing here? Right? They're <laughs> like, what is this guy doing here? Um, and I, I was so on fire that I started telling them my spiritual journey, which was kind of like a Damascus Road experience. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's this guy that that taught a class, um, taught a sing, 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 singles class that asked me, said, Lee, you, you've got such a great story. Would you mind if you shared in front of the class next week? Okay. Everything in my body was like, no. But I found my, my voice and, and what came out was, yeah, sure, right? <laughs> So I had a, about a week prep time, and I was just thinking once again about how to get out of it. Like, why did I commit to this? Why Why did I say yes? But for the first time inside of me, and I didn't know what it was during that time. I truly believe it was the Holy Spirit now when I look, look back. But it was just kind of like this inner um, voice maybe or like a conviction that's like, Lee, you have to do this, man. Like, mm-hmm. like this is your opportunity. Like, you've got to share your story. So sure enough, I got up in front of class, didn't know how it was going to go. And back then, man, I, I mean, um, you know, yeah, it was just really hard. I, I, I felt like I was going to lose total con- control over my, my, my speech. Mm. So got up there for the very first time. You know, very, was this the, the, one of the first times you did a, bit, a public speaking it was thing the, like this? It was the one and only time. Really? Yes. It was, it was you the were first able to get out of it all avoided, those times before. I avoided everything up to that point. Mm-hmm. And what shocked me, okay, this is what shocked me, is I got up there, of course, it felt like an out-of-body experience, um, you know, which I don't think is uncommon, but what shocked me was I felt invigorated. I felt alive. Yeah. And it was very fluent, very alive, and even afterwards, I was done, I had so many of my friends come up to me, people said, Lee, that was just amazing. That was such a motivational (laughs) inspiring speech. I'm like, motivational? Really? (laughs) And there was part of me that I thought, oh, they're just being nice. Mm -hmm. Right. But that was the very first time that I committed, committed to that. I think it was also the Holy Spirit, but I think it was also your sense and your conviction that I want to be about something bigger than myself. Right. That for the first time, you were talking about a subject Mm -hmm. that mattered more to communicate to others because you really did have Christ in your heart, that you were able to overcome the fear That's right. where you would run before. Oh yeah, you're you you at least showed up. Yes, you know, 
And look what happened when you just showed up. Yeah. Well, yeah. And yeah, it, it was, it, and, and really you're exactly right, Eric. I mean, it was just basically doing it, mm-hmm. you know, just saying, you know what, I'm going to do this. I don't care if it kills me. I don't care if I'm embarrassed, right. ashamed. And like I said, once I did it, that was my, that was the very start of my journey to where it started to change my paradigm as far as who I was in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what strengths that I could, could be having. Yeah. Yeah. That I had no clue. It's kind of like you you started to understand the gifts and the talents that God gave you. Yeah, I mean that was just the very stuff. So, I mean, I couldn't have right after that said, "Oh, well, I have the gift of public, you know, right. public speaking." But the the feeling that I got from it, it like you know, like I said, it was shocking. Yeah, it invigorated you. Yes, I can relate to that because when I was sixteen, I took a Dale Carnegie public speaking and human yeah. effectiveness class, and it rocked my world. I felt it invigorated me. But I was speaking in front of thirty something year old business people right. mostly, and I was the sixteen year old talking. <laughs> you know, um, and. Um, it's it helped me quite a bit to gain a confidence and a desire to speak in front of people and for me english is my second language right german is my first language wow. and so every once in a while it shows up so i i also am self-conscious about when i speak in public uh but when i find that i have my best talks is when i'm fully surrendered hmm. to the holy spirit hmm. and i allow god to be glorified and mm-hmm. i wish i was Honestly, I wish I was more like that mm-hmm. throughout the day, right. in the course of my day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel this way, but I, I feel like, why am I like praying so severely right before my big speech that I have to give or my yeah. big presentation? Yeah. And why don't I pray like this when all I wake up in the morning or all the time? I'm about to speak to my wife. Yep. Lord, I surrender to right, you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I can certainly relate to that, Eric. In fact... Right after that moment, of course, I thought, okay, I'm done with this, mm-hmm. right? I did it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move on. And what was interesting about that was greater opportunities started to open up beyond that. Um, there were people in the audience that heard my speech or heard my talk. And, and so there was a few of those that asked me to speak again. Mm-hmm. But exact, but I, but, but that point that you had made, you know, I viewed that at one point in my life as the greatest weakness that I had. And so I would get on my knees and pray and I would be most, you know, vulnerable to God and just feel like I couldn't do it all by myself. And so, yeah, I can certainly relate to just, um, needing to pray as much as you possibly can, because, you know, at the end of the day, he's your only strength, you know, at the end of the day. So, right. And he uh, always uses, our weaknesses. Yes. Uh, and they become his strengths. Right. Because without him, they, 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 they are, they can be looked at as, as weaknesses, but right. in him, they can be looked at as our greatest strengths because only he could be the one to make us come across to somebody else that in a, in a totally different way. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's taken me years to get to the point to where, um, you know, I look at it like this, but now I can honestly say in that one area of my life, which at one point in my life, like I said, I viewed it as my, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the, the weakest area of my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really when his power shows up to be the greatest. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, it's par it's par it's, it's, it's paradoxical a little bit or counterintuitive to where you view something as a weakness 
but yet he's able to do more through that through you than anything else that he could ever do. Mm-hmm. And that's the irony, mm-hmm. right? It is. Um, and he's done that, you know, for, for me the last 25 years. I mean, that was the very start of my journey. Well, that's the end of part one of my three-part conversation with Leela Grays. This is a very common battle that we all face, and uh, Lee expresses it so well and encourages us so well. I can't wait for you to hear part two of my conversation with Leela Grays. That's coming up tomorrow, so listen for that tomorrow morning. In the meantime, I'm Eric Nordoff, and I'll be back with you again on the next episode of Courage Cast. <laughs>